I'm Alex. And I'm Matt, and welcome back to the show. There's no guest this episode. This uh, is just a closeout of the 2016 year uh, and a bit of an informal conversation with Alex and I about um, what we liked and didn't like, etc. from everything in 2016. A few notes on uh, guests that we found uh, intriguing under different categories. And then also a bit about what we've um, been up to both personally and professionally over the last uh, year. And can, then we'll end on uh, where things are headed to uh, 2017. So, Alex, it was a good year for the podcast. We actually... Yeah, we hit, we hit the yeah. uh, hit the thirty thousand listens mark, which may be just a purely vanity number, which means nothing. Or maybe <laughs> it's all like spam bots listening to us, and like, um, but I hope like they're using their artificial intelligence to to make the world a better place. Um, but no, it's um, uh, you know we've been. I think this is the second year we've been been kind of working on this, and um, it's been great to. To hear from various people um, over time about you know um, uh, responses to the various shows that we've been putting putting out, and I've personally been glad that like the diversity of things hasn't completely put people off. You know, from chocolate to memory skills. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so and I, everything I'm in between. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, it's interesting. Yeah, going through the 2016 list of folks, we were well represented on uh, uh, journalism. Uh, quite a few guests on learning things, just generally. Uh, you had that great episode with uh, Anders Ericsson, who wrote that book Peak, um, and Deb Chacha as well. Uh, memory, of course, the category we got Alex Mullen, who is uh, the world reigning world memory championship right. yep. uh, champion. And uh, on foreign policy, we got uh, Kale Weston, uh, who was in Iraq for a long time for the State Department. And then, yeah, on technology, I thought we uh, ended out the year on a, on a good note with uh, Gabe Weatherhead and uh, Beth Cooper uh, on how they use technology, build things. Uh, and uh, also, I think the most interesting parts of those shows were also just workflow processes on uh and where they see things kind of headed into the future and like you said we also got chocolate uh, <laughs> so uh I, I actually too i'll second the note on uh the diversity of things not seeming to throw people because it seems with sources and methods you never quite know exactly what you're gonna get but and you even got to, uh, to experience the the chocolate from uh from mario as well that's very jealous. yes yes yeah, yeah. No, I. Uh, it was actually, you know, uh, digital world intersection with real world. I was standing, uh, uh, waiting for getting a cup of coffee in uh, in Washington D.C. And sure enough, there was Maru chocolate proudly on sale, and <laughs> did my did my bit and bought a bar, and it was it was fantastic. <laughs> so, um, but Alex, something you've been up to that I think uh, both myself and our listeners would be interested in learning a little bit more about is, uh, you've been making a big push into language coaching. Um, and what, what are you up to there? What's going on? Yeah. So I mean, I've, I've, we, we talked, um, kind of earlier in the year, a little bit about, you know, that I was starting to, to often kind of, uh, one-on-one -on -one language coaching services with people, um, and I've been doing that, uh, throughout the year. Um, I have people studying, at the moment, Arabic, Dari, Pashto, Turkish, um, and actually there's one person I'm working with on coming up with a study plan for um, 
uh, coding and like improving their maths and statistics work. Not that like I'm any great expert in maths or statistics, but it's more like you know <laughs> the meta skills. You know, most of the stuff that I do um, has nothing to do with languages or or maths in this particular instance. You know, I find that. Um, uh, people, you know, it helps people just to talk through like their approach to like how they're coming up with their plan, what are their, how they're setting their goals, how are they, um, you know, figuring out what they're going to be studying, um, you know, in a, in that coming week. Um, how do they deal with kind of motivation slumps? Um, yeah, uh, frustration with difficulties in learning. Um, all those kinds of things, um, but the, yeah, the kind of main main bread and butter of w- what I do at the moment is kind of working with people one on one to 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 improve their kind of uh, language learning lessons. Um, uh, yeah, and the studies. So yeah, this really seems to me the you know the big thing about you know you're trying to essentially work with folks uh, about it's all about like goal setting, right, and kind of achieving the goals that. Um, you say you want to achieve and this is you know pretty much useful for everything from learning how to make you know peanut butter and jelly sandwich over to uh learning arabic what what are uh what are some of the things you're finding with the folks you're working with that you know like common problems or or uh you know is it the language plateau for that or it's a motivation slump like three or four months into a project or what what do you uh what's like a common theme through these things yeah, I mean, there are some, some, some common themes. I would say I do less kind of goal setting than um, kind of a mix between accountability um, and, yeah, some people, you know, they really need that, you know, someone checking in with them like once a week to, to just kind of keep going and to be reminded that, you know, they're, they're working on something. Um, and in a lot of this stuff, you know, it feels kind of stupid when you're, you actually, you know, have someone working with you, you're like, all right, I shouldn't need this, but, you know, um, uh, staying on these kind of long-term projects, like learning a language, like it's, um, uh, it's difficult. And, um, particularly if it's like your first, second language, um, you don't really know, you haven't done it before. So you don't know like how long this should take or how this should feel or, um, there are all sorts of, um, yeah, but I mean, key takeaways, um, I think are, you know, people who track what they're doing, um, usually, uh, tend to do better. Um, so you have something measurable that you can, even if it's just like time spent studying, um, that's, that's quite important. Um, and yeah, just like kind of keeping it varied, um, so that you're not, not just studying, um, you know, the same textbook for a year. Like, um, maybe that works for some people, but certainly it doesn't work for me and most of my students as well. So I, I try to like feed them little kind of creative tasks or little things here and there, um, which will, um, uh, yeah, keep keep their their study kind of, um, yeah, interesting. And and you actually you uh, you've put together. I mean, first off, I should say for for our listeners, the Alex's website, uh, <laughs> completely free and at no cost. Uh, you can he's posting uh, just a wealth of resources around. Uh, seems like kind of what you're learning uh, and kind of what is also helpful like towards this end. But you also just spent the last uh, bit of time working on an actual software program that helps folks do this right coach bot exactly exactly it's kind of um, so what's that 
Yeah, it's kind of a, a, a soft launch or a prototype at the moment, but it's you know it's it's, it's fully functional. So basically, it's it's the way to get kind of working with me without working with me or without the the, the expense of it. Um, so um, you know, I personally um, f- like to have variety in my kind of language learning studies, and if I don't have um, you know, a whole bunch of interesting things to do, then sometimes I'll kind of fall off and, 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 and not, um, uh, and kind of not follow through on, on studying a particular language or maintaining, uh, some other language. Um, and, you know, I have these lists I keep, keep for myself for when, uh, you know, a list of language studying tasks to, um, uh, to do when I'm feeling sick or a list of language learning tasks when I have no energy or a list of language learning tasks when I when I have a lot of energy because um, just to kind of a little bit like um, uh, in that book we both read uh, I think last year or the year before the checklist manifesto um, mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. just to have a, a bunch of steps to follow through when your brain isn't capable of making like rational thought anymore um, uh, at both ends of the <laughs> spectrum um, so basically, you go you go to the to to the to the site languagecoach.io/coachbot, and um, you select basically how much time you have to study. Let's say you have only five minutes; it goes all the way up to an hour, and it'll give you a um, randomly chosen task from a database of time appropriate tasks. So, it, it you know if, if you click five minutes, the task you'll be able to get it done in in, in five minutes, and it ranges from you know. Um, uh, running a few sentences to uh, you know calling people up and and, and having conversations to uh, drawing words clustering diagrams to yeah there's all sorts of things in fact there's over I think over 385 tasks at the moment um, that it's working from and I'm adding like five every day so it's constantly growing um, and I've, awesome. I've been using that in my own in my own studies and it's great to kind of offload the the kind of cognitive burden of having to choose what to do. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, that's at least that that's kind of the reason why I, um, I put it together to, to, to help me. And it's mainly for kind of students who are at least in the kind of somewhat intermediate, lower intermediate levels. So you can do a little bit in the language first. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, it's just a kind of whole selection of kind of interesting, quirky language learning tasks sorted by time. Um, uh, yeah. But what have you been? Um, what have you been up to uh, yourself um, uh, in, in your work? Yeah, I should say on that note, the uh, to reference also one of the podcasts we hosted uh, in December 2015. Uh, for in terms of goal motivation on my end, uh, one of the time honored ways I uh, do what I say I'm going to do is set a terrifying amount of money on B minor <laughs> and make sure I actually do the thing uh, that I said I was going to do. And B miners made they've made a good few bucks off me uh, so far as a customer. So. Um, this is where you kind of, uh, for our listeners, you set a goal, and uh, if you don't hit that goal, B minor takes your money, which uh, it works really well as an incentive motivation. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, that's that's uh, fascinating about CoachBot. Uh, I think we could we should even go into a deeper dive on that, maybe in a future episode where it dovetails with something on our uh, that our guests are up to. Yeah, yeah. Cool. For my end, uh, I've had my head in the sand. Uh, um, 
not literally, but pretty much metaphorically, uh, all the way to the limits uh, for most of 2016. Uh, this is entirely related to um, Srio, uh, the uh, you know research firm I, I help run with uh, my colleague Dan. Um, and yeah, it's been uh, you know a very interesting year. Um, we've done a lot of like very interesting, very useful, I think. Um, and uh, I think quite good work uh, around making people uh, kind of better understand the uh, refugee crises uh, in IDP internally displaced people's um, issues kind of across the region, uh, mainly as a result of the Syrian conflict. So, um, and I kind of all associated issues. So integration with host communities, uh, livelihood, um, you know, access to livelihoods, everything from kind of health up to um, kind of thematic notes around like safety and kind of senses of well-being. So um, this, uh, we work very closely with uh, lots of NGOs who are, who are trying to provide services to help uh, these uh, communities and then also mainly with the United Nations. And um, <clears throat> it's, uh, yeah, it's been quite a year, uh, as I think anybody who's kind of read the newspaper in 2016 would would follow we've been really trying to get a handle on like what could be done better and actively you know practically to to try and respond much more effectively to these humanitarian crises because you know in <laughs> in a preview of uh, something that I may spend the rest of my life trying to work on it's it's really all about the the implementation of ideas and it's not a very interesting topic in and of itself once you understand that like ideas that are drummed up to try and help folks or at least respond to crises um are drummed up very far away and often of dubious applicability to the ground um when you're the guy on the ground kind of assessing those impacts and seeing like hmm you know these projects are expensive and ineffective and then you know you make that you make that point clear for a long time, but then you have to think more about like, okay, well, what could we actually change to improve this? So that's where I think we're headed into 2017. Um, we opened Sorry, a... Can I just <laughs> kind of cut, cut in there? Do, do, do you have Please. a sense? I mean, you, you, you spent time in Afghanistan and you got to see the kind of the, the, the machinery of, of international intervention, I guess, there. Do you, do you get right. any sense that kind of lessons have learned, been learned or, or people are smarter about the way they go about things and if so i mean is it a question of just like people are rotating too quickly through so no one those lessons aren't part, part, passed down or, or what kind of what's your what's your sense there yeah i think at the kind of strategic level if you will um there's a growing or a pretty a pretty strong sense that there are uh, I think limits, and not just in the United States, but I think it's equally fair to, you know, half of Europe also was right. in uh, Afghanistan and quite a few jumped in on Iraq too. Um, just on the, uh, you know, the limits of, uh, the limits on the abilities to influence the course of events. Um, that said, in terms of like the mechanics of still how these ideas are implemented, you know, like the subcontracting process yeah, and yeah. which organizations are awarded uh, funds to go do things, it would it doesn't seem that we've learned all that much uh, in terms of, um, you know, changing the actual mechanics of how we implement ideas. I think just the gr greater pessimism that this will do uh, 
this won't do as much as we think it will. So maybe funds right. go down, but rather than, but no major kind of strategic rethink on how we actually do any of this stuff. And that's, you know, that can be a little, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. depressing is a strong word, but it's, it's worth noting, uh, that just kind of like, huh, okay. So this is, this is, um, what I think, you know, folks like you and I think is quite yeah. obvious. Um, yeah. But the, the mechanics haven't been changed. And, you know, you touched on a cornerstone issue there. The rotation of folks in and out every six months um, is, uh, you know, a major impediment to uh, long-term learning. So not to go off on some big foreign policy thing there, but <laughs> <laughs> that's what we've been up to. Um, and the latest thing for us was uh, in August we um, we uh, pushed into uh, Erbil, uh, in northern Iraq, and uh, we're we're getting well. We're all set up there, and uh, we've actually been doing some really interesting work with some great great NGOs, really world class folks, um, kind of nailing down uh, the scope of needs for um, particularly those refugees and internally displaced folks uh, fleeing from Mosul. Um, and that's you know I think that's also a great example of how these institutions that you know we've we kind of keep doing the same thing, but we're always kind of surprised. <laughs> and uh, there is, I think people will be surprised also at just the lack of hard data. If you want to help somebody and you want to go do all these things and give them food or water or make sure they have tents or a roof to sleep under, all that stuff, then the next question is, okay, well, how much and where are they and how many and all these things. Yeah, and yeah. that, once you get to that point, that's where everything turns into a big question mark. So that's what we try and uh, answer. So. Uh, yeah, that's what we've been up to. 2017, I'm hoping also to become a more, uh, like you, more uh, productive and uh, contributing member of <laughs> society, <laughs> actually write up some of the stuff we're, we're learning and get it into the public discourse and yeah, that'd be really maybe valuable. try and make some of these yeah challenges uh, more, you know, at least inject a few thoughts on, on all that. Uh, back to your end, you did something very interesting. Uh, lately, which is you launched another podcast, which is fantastic, but it's not in English. It's in <laughs> Arabic. Yeah, um, sources, are you sources just... and methods in Arabic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, what, what's the idea there? Um, so I'm, I'm A, you know, I've, I've kind of been working on my Arabic, as listeners to this podcast will, will know, uh, with a slight excursion to Japanese. Um, uh, working on my Arabic <laughs> for a while, um, and uh, I wanted, you know... Uh, um, a kind of regular forum where I'm kind of challenged and I'm kind of growing my skills and so on. And so I've, um, yeah, I've started this um, uh, uh, this podcast where hopefully we'll be able to, um, uh, you know, do do a bunch of things. Like I've, we've got one segment in Jordanian colloquial uh, Arabic. Uh, we've got another segment um, uh, coming up uh, talking about classical Arabic and another one on modern Arabic uh, literature. Um, so the idea is, yeah, just to, to kind of challenge myself and also put materials out which for the kind of intermediate language learner because there's this massive gap between total beginner stuff, you know, learning the alphabet and, um, uh, uh, yeah, kind of um, uh, very, very total beginner tasks and, and materials and advanced materials and there's kind of nothing in between. So um, That is very, very true. Very true. <laughs> so, so, so we're we're you know we're putting this out and and you know by by the virtue of just me being there you know I'm 
you know, I, I, all of the podcasts are together with kind of colleagues and friends and so on. Um, uh, the Jordanian one is done by together with uh, my friend, a kind of Arabic teacher here in Jordan, um, uh, Jordanian uh, uh, young lady, um, and um, uh, same with. Um, uh, the one on modern Arabic and classical Arabic, so the, yeah, the idea is to have a, a, a kind of get this hit this intermediate um, level because I found um, you know I, continually having these conversations with people, um, possibly like yourself, who you know who've done a few years of study, but you 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 hit this point where you're at this intermediate level and just the 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 road kind of going forward um, seems. Um, um, the, the road kind of going forward seems um, uh, uh, really, really steep, and kind of going on for um, going on for yeah years and years and years before you reach that point where you feel fluent. I mean, how, how do you how do you feel about your your Arabic? Does that sound kind of accurate? Oh my god, absolutely yes. It's it's the the language plateau is uh, <laughs> is a very lonely and sad place, and you want to get off it. Um, it the closest thing I could think of uh, in terms of uh, you know, you read the you read about these uh, you know European explorers who are headed out, and you you know you know the doldrums. Uh, right, right. That that's a real place <laughs> where the wind <laughs> doesn't blow, and like they just sit kind of and hope to get. It's like a little bit of fortune and chance mixed in with the, like a good route to take, and then they finally get through it, and the wind picks up again, and all of a sudden they've made it. You know, all the way around Africa or something like right, that. Right, right. Um, yeah, that that to me is is very fair. Um, yeah, I think the most applicable thing would be like Farsi. This was like kind of doubly compounded by spending, yeah, four years in Kabul, like really hitting Dari quite hard, and then showing up in Tehran and having to like you know, as we, you and I were chatting, I can now neither satisfy. You know, I can't satisfy neither either party now. So uh, you know, the Iranians wanted to put their imprimatur of uh, high, you know, Persian on on me and replace a lot of the words that I'd learned. Uh, and then you go back to talking with Afghans, and they're like, "Oh, why do you sound like an Iranian?" So, <laughs> uh, so I had to essentially learn like partially a bunch of new words for words I already knew, which then right. kind of confounded was a confounding uh, thing. But um, yeah, Arabic is, uh, for me, you know, a distant memory and I smile like warmly, like an ex relationship <laughs> when I think about it. But, um, uh, yeah, I think, uh, definitely applicable for Farsi. And I've actually, I've been working on Russian, uh, for the last, since June. Since um, you went to this conference? Uh, yeah, that definitely restarted things. Yeah, actually roughly around then, um, there was this conference in, in Moscow and, uh, that kickstarted an interest in Russian. I'd studied Russian in high school, uh, and have been to Russia a few times. So, uh, this, this restarted it and around, I don't exactly know when, but Duolingo, uh, which is just a really simple way to get started on something, uh, had recently rolled out Russian. So I've just been making through, uh, in my own way, making my way through that that course, um, very much tied to B-Minder to take my money if right, I don't do yeah. it. Um, and uh, and then once I finish that, that's all kind of your standard basic stuff. Um, then I'm going to pick up with the tutor and actually probably come pick your brains, Alex, uh, on how to take that all forward. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, so, so, so uh, just to kind of click, 
close the loop um i um kind of put 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 together or have been kind of putting together the final final stages of basically a book for people who are stuck in that point with arabic like particularly the kind of person i think of are like someone who's done like a two or three year program um maybe an intensive course or two who can kind of speak and survive in the middle east but you know give them a you know a novel written recently or um, <laughs> right. turn on al jazeera or whatever and it's just like words and sounds um right so i put together a kind of book and and set of resources um specifically for um uh, for this set of people um it's called master arabic um you can uh pick it up on my uh on my website master arabic uh, sorry languagecoach.io slash master arabic um and we have so there's there's a kind of book itself which is a mix of general language learning methods so the kinds of things you might find on coachbot um uh but also um just you know how you you keep going with a language um plus um uh, a whole bunch of kind of materials um uh, a lot of people aren't aware of just the huge kind of riches of 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 often free materials that are available online um so that's available in kind of a premium package as well you have access to a kind of continually updated database of uh hundreds of different books and online tools and um surprisingly or not not surprisingly actually like a lot of them created and hosted by the US military um they've got some really amazing huh, that's interesting um, you know they've got one site where you can go on and listen to um uh, phone conversations in kind of authentic um dialects um uh i have to, you know, i just have to chuckle every time i kind of go on there obviously they're they're kind of staged <laughs> phone conversations but it just makes me think of the nsa and snowden and every, every time i i go on the phone <laughs> conversations website um but they yeah so you can listen to like someone talking for 15 minutes about you know politics in Syria or a whole bunch of different topics you know they've got hundreds and hundreds of these recorded phone calls with full transcripts and translations and often exercises as well kind of comprehension stuff wow. all available for That's free pretty comprehensive yeah and in like all sorts of um uh kind of dialects and dari and pashto and urdu and um russian as well and mandarin and yeah there's the, the, the US military like actually um or the kind of language learning arm of it does really um uh kind of solid work um uh, in terms of putting tools out there for free for people. Yeah, that's that's an amazing thing to know just in and of itself right there and then um yeah, you know, Alex years ago when I think we first crossed paths in Kabul, uh one of the things I very much appreciated about you was um the just kind of the researcher's mindset and uh I think no matter what you're doing in your life like taking like five to 10% more of a researcher's mindset to things is uh, pays off enormous dividends which is the first thing it's a lot of like what assumptions am i making and how can we uh question them but also just what available what resources are out there right, you know right. um before i get started on the, all this repeat stuff yeah exactly done. and like or like just go after the first google hit or something like that <laughs> like let's actually just spend you know a few days poking around and see what other people are talking about and learning about and that that in in and of itself is uh fantastic um yeah that's it's really fantastic stuff i think anybody who's picking up uh new skills 
um, particularly around language, uh, would find what Alex is doing very, very useful. And again, his website is uh, a very regular and consistent, unlike mine, uh, updated uh, resource for folks. That's all thanks um, to uh, thanks to Beeminder who keep me keep me <laughs> posting uh, three hundred times a year. <laughs> Amazing! That's fantastic. Uh, I should probably do something like that and set you know the dollar amount to some terrifyingly high figure. Oh, this was this was the behold. this was the book I read um, uh, by Austin Cleon called um, uh, or Cleon. Oh, show um, your work. Show your work. Where yes. he just made <laughs> such a strong argument for. A, the value, I mean, you and I have talked about this before, the value of kind of reflection on your work and teaching right. things to other people. So all, all I do, and this was kind of just a suggestion I took straight from, from his book, you know, every day I'm learning something new or I'm, I'm figuring something out or I have some challenge. And all, every day I just make it a point to write up something that I learned that day. And um, I've had really positive response from people, even though my blogs are kind of all over the place from language learning to coding to climbing to Jordan stuff. Um, but people, yeah, people really appreciate, you know, um, sharing lessons like that. Um, so um, and, you know, the, the, the act of writing things down clarifies it for yourself as well. Um, right. So I, I'd certainly recommend it to to yourself and anyone else. Like it, it doesn't take actually that long. You know, I, I spend kind of apart from these like epic like data dump posts. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I spend you know a half an hour, forty five minutes a day. It's it's a really useful exercise. Yeah, uh, you know, in terms of uh, on that very note, the a book that you and I were just chatting about before the show that we both enjoyed. Uh, on that note, because the next question is like, oh yeah, I'd love to write more. Um, and whether it's on your, your own website or, you know, I want to publish more or I want to write a, an op-ed or something like this, but I, I don't have time to do it. <laughs> uh, Alex and I, I recently read, Alex, I think you read it before, um, uh, a kind of clarion call manifesto, like attack battle cry book called uh, How to Write a Lot by Paul Sylvia. Um, and it is... Uh, a fantastic book because it just makes a very simple argument, which is if you want to do something, um, you, you just kind of have to do it. But beyond that, you need to schedule uh, your time. And if right. if you want to write more or do anything more, you'd be amazed if you just firmly block out 20 to 30 minutes in your day to do something, um, you'll do it. And um, particularly if you tie in some of these accountability things that we're talking about here, um, you will you will produce whatever you're trying to produce very consistently. Um, so I look forward to so reading I'll, all of your blog posts this coming year. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And the one I already owe you. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and yeah, in terms of looking forward to 2017, we're, we're thrilled to be back. We've now, when did we start this podcast, Alex? I know I think, we were recording uh, in 2015. March, March 2015 or February 2015, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, we've come a long way. I think the shows are, uh, we, we've been applying the same kind of basic blueprint to the shows, but we've gotten a much wider cast of characters. Uh, as you and I noted, everything started out really heavy on Afghanistan, <laughs> but we've, we've come a long way uh, since then. And uh, moving into 2017, we're going to uh, continue that. Um, and then you know, but uh, to our listeners, if there's anything, you know, an area or something or a person specifically that you'd be interested uh, in having us try and track down, um, I'm sure we'd be up for that. Or if there's a theme, you know, the what we do talk about is, is fairly repetitive, but uh, it applies to a lot of different things. So if there's something in particular you think we should be chatting um, 
about or some with someone, uh, we will definitely look into that. If you let us know, uh, either on Twitter or on the website, uh, we're pretty accessible. Yeah, I'm excited uh, about what else uh, you got, Alex. Oh, no, yeah. I'm excited about the kind of upcoming guests um, we've got kind of lined up uh, and um, just in, in general to kind of keep going and, and, and keeping kind of regular with this. I know I know when we kind of take a little kind of hiatus of a few weeks, like people <laughs> people get onto us on, on, on Twitter and remind us right. that there hasn't been an episode for a while. But uh, yeah, I, I, I hope we'll be better about this this coming year. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, uh, yeah, as a closing note, you know, to all those who are listening regularly, thank you very much. Uh, it does not go unnoticed. <laughs> we have a few uh, tracking things that are letting us know uh, when people are listening to this and uh, we'll, we'll keep it going. So thanks for giving us your time. Yeah, thank you.